0: This episode was sponsored by Critical Dice and the Endless Bag of Dice.
1: Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Let's Mm -hmm. rewind to level one, Sorcerer. Because level one Sorcerer is actually where you get your subclass in the Sorcerer class. Most of the classes, not all, but most classes get them at level three. Sorcerer is different, and you can kind of tell even from our conversation up until this point why, because there's not a lot else going on. The majority of your benefits are going to come from that sorceress origin, as they call it, the subclass that you get for playing a Sorcerer. Um, There's two of them that are presented in the player's handbook, but then there are a couple of other options between some of the other source books as well that we're going to unpack a little bit.
0: Right. And what's notable too here is that you get your subclass here called into a Sorcerer's Origin at level one. And there's in o- most classes will get it at level three. There's only two other classes that get it earlier. Wizards, mm-hmm. interestingly, get it at level two, but Clerics get theirs at level one as well, which is kind of fun. But I feel like the meta magic at level three where usually you get your subclass is where the real pardon the pun magic happens <laughs> that most people are looking for when they play sorcerers and so it's almost like they split the subclass up a little bit you get some base mm. stuff at level one and then the rest of the really good juicy stuff at level three uh but strictly speaking yeah level one you get your subclasses and uh yeah you're right uh the player's handbook only has two which is a um, a little unusual. Um, some most of them had like two or three, so it's a little little uh, thin in the player's handbook. But you have the draconic uh, origin or, or draconic bloodline, which is you know really nice, uh, keeping with the nomenclature, and then wild magic.
1: Yeah. So let's unpack both of those first, since they are kind of like your standard run of the mill like sorcerer classes and then we can look at some of the additional class subclasses that were brought in and offered with some of the other books so let's start with the draconic bloodline um, because this one's really cool we actually haven't talked too much about dragons up until this point we did the episode on dragonborns mm-hmm. but that's kind of been it and a lot of what comes from your draconic bloodline has to do with with dragons right with the lore yes. of dragons within the world of D D.
0: Yeah, exactly. And dragons are awesome. And the bloodline is really cool. In fact, pro- Kesa, we should probably do, uh, you know, now that Fizben's Treasury of Dragons is out, it's been out for a while. It'd be great to just like do a whole one on that book because it's it's just chock-a-block dragons. It's floor-to-ceiling dragons. You open the cover, look at that, more dragons inside there. They're everywhere. Uh, but until we do that, for Draconic Bloodline, basically you pick someone who in your family tree was straight up a dragon. Not a dragon born, just like a real-life massive death machine of questionable alignment dragon. Uh, And when you create your character, you choose what kind of dragon that was. Uh, In the Player's Handbook, uh, there's only options here from the chromatic and the metallics uh so um, chromatics being the good guys uh and metallics being the bad guys traditionally speaking um and the mechanical reason here basically is that when you choose what kind of dragon it was you get to choose a damage type associated with their breath weapon so like black dragons are do acid a red dragon does fire a white dragon does cold a blue dragon does lightning and so on and so forth And uh, what that does is it basically gives you resistance to that kind of damage because of the dragon blood coursing through your veins. (laughs) Hey, it's me Jason from the future. I'm wrong here. Don't worry, I'll catch myself, Um, gives you an automatic resistance. And this will stack with anything else. Like, say you pick blue dragon and you now have resistance to lightning. But if you also chose tiefling, you also have resistance to fire so now you've got two resistances for two different kind of damage types so that's kind of fun um but uh it also lets you read speak and write draconic uh, which is awesome that you could just be born known, knowing how to write a language Like, I kind of envy that. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) So you're a dwarf, but you just know how to speak, read, and write Draconic. That's neat magic in your blood, how convenient. Um, And when you uh, make a charisma check with dealing with dragons, your proficiency bonus is double to that check because, you know, the affinity there. Uh, The other nice thing is that um, it makes you tougher. At first level, your hit point maximum increases by one, and increases by another one every time you gain a level. So basically you get an inherent plus one to your hit point maximum per level, which is on top of whatever your constitution bonus is, Mm -hmm. which is on top of anything like the tough feet or something like uh, Dwarven Resilience, which also adds to it. So there's a lot of things here that could really boost your HP, which is kind of really nice. It also gives you some natural armor um, that you have a thin sheen of dragon-like scales. Uh, hopefully, you know, make help you pass as... as uh, the, a native member of your own race or maybe gives you a little bit of a but when you aren't wearing armor, your AC is 13 plus dexterity mod. When
1: you are wearing armor? When you aren't. That, I you know, aren't. but when you are, do you so, lose that?
0: Yes. So the reason for that is, and this is in chapter one of the player's handbook, and I'm glad you brought it up because you can only use one armor class calculation at a time. So if you're wearing armor, but you have something else that could do that, you can choose between the two as long as it doesn't say something like when you aren't wearing armor. So you can only pick one uh, calculation. So that's part of why they say when you aren't wearing armor. So you don't get mixed up thinking, well, my base AC is 13. And then I put on studded uh, leather. So that's plus two plus my dexterity. It doesn't work that way either pick your natural armor calculation or pick your armor calculation, or if you're a monk, pick your unarmored calculation, but choose one and that's what you're gonna use.
1: Right, and then that, that I mean, will just require some looking at like the, the different bonuses you get from armor and mm-hmm. like which level of armor is it actually worth your while? And are you even proficient yes. to be able to wear it at that point? <laughs>
0: yeah exactly um so which is really great because there's a good reason to make for most sorcerers because of stuff like this especially draconic bloodline uh to make your constitution or your dexterity your secondary ability that you want to kind of keep at a good you know level because of things like your armor class and hit points where you could end up being a pretty beefy pretty hard to hit full caster uh which in the arcane side of things isn't that common. So that's kind of nice. And then later at level six, uh, you get an affinity with that damage type that you picked way back at the beginning. Um, Basically, um, you can uh, can add your charisma modifier to one damage roll for a spell that kind of does that damage. Also, you can spend one sorcery point to gain resistance to that damage type for one hour.
1: Oh, that's handy. Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Um, wait a second. Interesting. So I got confused earlier because they have changed things. That was just me being wrong. So when you choose your Draconic Ancestor, you don't get resistance automatically. It's something that you can spend a sorcery point for later when you get to level six. I just had that wrong.
1: Okay, so it's still accessible, but it's not just an all-the-time perk.
0: Yeah, it's not a passive thing. At 14th level, uh, you can also sprout dragon wings from your back, which is kind of fun. It's a bonus action, uh, and they last until you dismiss them or uh, on a bonus action on your turn. And you can't use them if, unless you're wearing armor. And, um, sorry, you can't use them if you're using armor and it gives you a fly speed equal to your current speed, but there's no duration. You can just, they last until you dismiss them. So you can just have wings now if you want. They don't make you faster, they just give you more options. So that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, and it's not limited either. It's not like you can only do this once per long rest. I mean, you could do it as often as you wanted it looks like.
0: Yeah, exactly. And as a DM, if I had a player who wanted to make their wings sprout as part of an intimidation role uh, in-game, they would get advantage at my table because that's awesome.
1: Uh, And then the last thing you get with your Draconic Bloodline is going to be at level 18, right? Right. Your Draconic Presence.
0: (laughs) Yes, you can channel the dread presence of a dragon. Speaking
1: of being a little bit intimidating.
0: Pretty much, as an action, you can spend five sorcery points to do this. And so you can uh, exude an aura of fear or awe, your choice, within 60 feet for a minute or until you lose concentration, uh, like concentrating on a spell. Uh, Any hostile creature that starts to turn within 60 feet of you, they have to make a wisdom save. Use your normal save calculation for that. And they can either be charmed for awe or frightened for fear. Until the aura ends, and if they make the save, then they're immune to the aura for 24 hours. So that's kind of nice. Uh, you can, you know, I, I love the mental image of of doing this as an action, part of the intimidation. The wings sprout, you know, and you just go ham. Uh, so I think that's kind of fun.
1: If you don't have enough dice to make it through your game after every single set gets put in dice jail, make sure you check out The Critical Dice and their endless bag of dice. You can get a new set of dice delivered to your doorstep every single month for as low as 7 bucks a month. Compendium listeners can actually also get a special offer by using the code Compendium, C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, for 50% off of your first month of dice. Just go to thecriticaldice.com and use that code at checkout. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would really help us out if you would take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. The compendium is also on Patreon. So if you like listening, that is a great way to help contribute to the content that we create. New episodes are available every Tuesday and Friday, or Monday and Thursday if you're a patron. And you can always keep up with us between episodes by following us on social media. Just look up the compendium, that's C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Jason also shares a bunch of great content and plot hooks on his page, The Critical Dice, so make sure that you check him out and follow him as well. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.